0: This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.
1: Well, hello everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. And a big shout out to everybody on the West Coast. I know things are just insane out there and terribly um, frustrating uh, is just one word. Um, I'm sure there's many colorful adjectives that many people are using right now, but please just stay safe and well um, for everyone. And I also wanted to um, say a big thank you to all of the firemen, firewomen, uh, everyone helping, first responders, and even the people we don't even think about that go out and rescue pets that people have left or have gotten lost in the chaos. So thank you so much for all of that. We really very much appreciate the wonderful work you do. Um, So... Today we're talking to someone who is on the West Coast, and she's fabulous, a fabulous author named Karen Rose. She is a former high school teacher of chemistry and physics, and she lives in Florida with her. Oh, she is with her husband of more than 30 years. Her debut novel, Don't Tell, was released in July 2003, and since then she has published more than 15 novels, two novellas, and her 24th novel, Say No More, is was released. Um, this month. Karen's books have appeared on the bestseller list of New York Times, USA Today, London Sunday Times, and international um, international book lists. And to date, her books have been translated into more than 20 languages. So welcome to the show, Miss Karen Rose. How are you, dear?
2: I'm, think, I'm, I'm fine. Well, first of all, thank you, and I'm fine, thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading I your my, my... biography because I absolutely love reading um, the biographies of authors just to kind of see if I can figure out their journey. Um, But you started as a chemical engineer and I had, you know, that from chemical engineer to writer, um, that has to be a very cool journey. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, actually I, you know, I know a a number of authors who were something else before. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but definitely I'm I'm definitely not alone in that. Um I was uh I was a product development and quality assurance engineer for a very large consumer company in the Midwest and I worked there for over a decade. And um towards the end part of that, I started traveling a lot internationally. And um I there were no ebooks back then. This was in the 90s. So there weren't any ebooks. And the and you know, if there were ebooks, they were all the ones I'd been, you know, tasked to read for school back in in high school. But the <laughs> yeah. Uh so I could only bring so many books in my luggage and when I would get to these countries, you know, most of the time I didn't speak the language. Um so the TV was pretty useless to me and I got mm-hmm. bored because I'd finished my books and I'd go to the local bookshops and all they sold were the top authors whose books I'd already read. So mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I started writing stories in my hotel room and, and, and on you know on airplanes at airports just to, because I was bored and so uh, eventually though that kind of I, I got hooked and it be, kind of right. became my when you know it was the, the time I took for myself you know when the, the kids were small and they'd go to I put them to bed and I'd sit down and write and so it was a hobby. And I never intended to be a writer. You know, I had a job. Uh, But it was for fun. And I didn't tell anybody. My husband knew. And like two of my friends knew. But that was it. And so finally, my husband, this was probably around 98, 99. No, it was about 97, 98. He brought home a book from the youth bookstore because he used to take the children to the the library, the bookstore, to the mall to give me a few hours to myself so I could write every weekend. And um, so he brought home this book. He said, I found this book, and it was called How to Market Your Romance Novel. I still have it. It cost oh, wow. me 25 cents. Yeah, it's a 25-cent book. And uh, he said, you should do something with your book. And so being the engineer, you know, and I was a spreadsheeter and a flow charter, and I, so I made this whole plan. And I then I, I sent out a bunch of my, I sent out a bunch of, of you know, excerpts and, um, you know, the the query letters, et cetera. And I got back some very nice rejections. And uh-huh. I would have been okay with that. Yeah, I would have been okay with that. But my husband, then he said, no, you know, he says, I, I went on the Internet. And, I, again, this was in the late 90s. I'm shocked <laughs> that the Romance Writers of America even had a website back then. But they did. And so he said, here's this group of women who write like you do. Maybe they can give you some tips on what to do next. And so right. I I kind of kind of was getting this like sweet nudge, you know, go go do something. <laughs> and so right. I joined the the romance writers of America and I said, you know, this is something that was probably the first point where I thought I could I might want to do something with this book. And yeah. so, you know, I did all the things you're supposed to do and this was back in, you know, we had to go old school and actually send letters to people. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, like, emailing an agent was, you, you just didn't do that. that. was rude. That was the height of rudeness back then. And so oh,
1: it was um, abhorrent. Yeah. No self-respecting author would send an email. <laughs> <laughs> not not back then. Oh, in an attachment?
2: with AOL, <laughs> downtime? You know, the, the download <laughs> times? I mean, no. What are you trying to do? Make yourself a pariah
0: in this town? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, um, the... Uh, the, the it, it eventually it, it it worked out. I signed with an agent and I sold my first book in 2001, and it was published in 2003. And right about that time, in the between the the the, the sale of the book and the publishing of the book, um, nine nine eleven happened, mm-hmm. and I lost my job because okay. I was in manufacturing. And manufacturing took a real hit after nine eleven. And right. so I was like, I had to kind of reinvent myself, actually. So I had my own business for a while, and then after I wrote my second book, um, I became a school teacher. That was when I became a school okay. teacher. And so I wrote my first half a dozen books while I was working, um, you know, either either on my own or as a school teacher, and. I finally got to the point where, and, and honestly not hard to do, especially in, in Florida, because I, I, I live in Florida most of the year, and mm-hmm. um, I was, uh, you know, school teachers don't get paid very much anywhere, but they really don't get paid very much in Florida, and I, I, when I figured I could make more money by being able to write like an extra book a year, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's when I was able to quit my job. So that okay. was that was like in the in the late 2000s. So engineer to to romance writer was a romantic thriller writer was um, I mean it was a journey it wasn't one I intended to take it was almost sure. like a series of life events kind of just I felt like one of those little balls in the in the um, oh the um, pinball machine you know every time uh-huh. I hit one of those you know. One of the little things, the paddles or something, that knocked me into into something else, and and so there was this, this kind of this path that I took because things happened, you know, things were laid in my laid laid before me, and uh,
1: so yeah, that's how I ended up here, and so well, and it's interesting, lived, I'm sure lived, because back in a, yeah, and I'm sure that when you walked into that room for the first time with the writers, you thought, oh, the people who get why I'm writing what I do, because. Well I, I, I almost didn't yeah. show up there. <laughs>
2: oh, really? <laughs> they, 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 fright, they frightened me. Um because uh and I I, I this is actually a, a funny part of it because the first the first meeting I went to was in January of nineteen ninety nine and I remember this because um I didn't go in. I sat out in the parking lot. It was it took place in a library at that point.
0: Okay. And I
2: sat out in the parking lot and I watched the door and I watched all these women going in and they were all laughing and talking to each other. And I thought, they're real writers. They meet me. I'm just a fraud. They're going to know I'm a hack. You know, I'm not going in there. And uh, so I did. it And so I waited. And finally, it was like 10 minutes after the hour. And it's just rude to go into a meeting for the first time 10 minutes late. And so I went home. And my husband was oh. waiting for me. He's waiting for me at the doorway. He goes, you didn't go in, did you? And I was like, no. He oh, said, next month, Boston. I am taking you. <laughs> he said, and I will slow down the car. I will push you out. It would be one of those tuck and roll babies. And if you <laughs> if you don't want to get cold, you'll go inside. Because it would have been February in Cincinnati. We were in Cincinnati then, in Ohio. Oh, wow. And so I was like, I'll go. And so I did. And the the first meeting was, again, I was sitting in the back, kind of just eyeballing everything that, mm-hmm. that I see. But they what surprised me was how many aspiring writers were there and yeah how how warm and generous with information and training some of the more established authors were and one of the first ones I met that you know I still stay in contact with and she's still a fabulous person is Lori Foster she mm-hmm. truly took us under her wing and I mean this back we had a we had a an event, it was like a, a weekend conference we had back, you know, and it was that same year. She sat us down one night because we had like a pajama party in her room and she sat us down and she passed around a copy of her contract and then, wow. not her, it wasn't her contract, it was it was, wasn't a contract, it was her um, oh, her earnings, her royalty statements. Okay. And she And it had nothing was redacted, you know, and it had all of the Information there. She goes. This is what it looks like, and this is what you have to learn how to be able to read. Was really confusing back then. Well, they're still kind of confusing, but you know, it, some of them are laid out better than others. But um, I mean, to, to provide that level of training and sharing was yeah. you know, to me, I, I it was not something I expected. And um, you know, and I made a lot of really wonderful friends, and, and they're still friends to this day. So it's been more than twenty years, and you know, I saw a lot of the friends I made at the beginning are still you know, very, very close to me.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's important that for a couple of reasons to have a writer's group, because you don't have to explain why you're doing what you're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I want to write this story. No one's like, why do you want to write about somebody killing someone with an ice pick? It's like, because, and then they get worried. <laughs> so, you know, you want people around you that say, oh, well, are you going to stab him yeah. this way? Um, and, and that's good. But also to help kind of guide you. It's like, is this a reasonable offer or is this, you know, I remember having people mm-hmm. in a writer's group, one lady really, really, really wanted to get published. And she came in and she said she'd gotten a book deal. And then she said, and then she basically said something that we were like, wait a minute, you're, you're paying them. You're paying your editor. Yeah. And we're like, Whoa, 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 stop, stop. Um, and she was just devastated. But I think, yeah. and, and she pulled out, she's like, you know, never mind," which was good. Cause like a year later she actually got her legit thing, but you need those things. Cause I think we all get to that point. It's like, I just want to be published, you know? Um, and to have those, those friends to say, just, just, Hang tight, you know, you've got this.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a big
1: deal. And I'm sure you have that. It really is. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I have I have built a very close um uh, circle of friends, um, you know, in, in, in different parts of my writing life. And mm-hmm. some you know, some of my friends are you know, I can share successes, some I brainstorm with and they know mm-hmm. the details of my books before I even, you know, have the proposal on the page. You know, they're mm-hmm. helping me, you know, Helping me organize my thoughts, and you know, well, this would be cool or that would be cool or what? Have you ever thought about this? And um, those, you know, all my friends are invaluable to me in so many different ways. But the authors who help you organize your thoughts, um, mm-hmm. and you know, especially once I mean, once you figure, kind of started to. Dif- well, no, I don't think, no, if anybody ever figures out this business because it's constantly changing. But once you <laughs> kind of get your feet on the ground you know, then you pay it forward and you help other people. But then you're at a different place and you're like, okay, so now I have this thing I do that's a business. You know, writing is a love, but it's also a business. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know I, I, need to, I need to have people in my life that I can bounce ideas off of. And, and sometimes when I get stuck, I have a friend I call, and she she was actually one of the people I met at my very first RWA convention, and she and I have been best friends ever since. But um, I'll call her, and I'll say, I'm stuck. And she goes, well, just tell me about it. And I'll talk, Mm -hmm. and I'll I'm sure she's just, like, she's cross-stitching or playing solitaire or something on the other end of the phone, but i "Mm -hmm, will get, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she says,
2: "Mm mm-hmm, in all the right places. And by the end of the call, I'm like, oh, now I know what I have to do. And sometimes I just have to talk it out. And so the people that allow me in my life that allow me to do that – um, in, a way that's, in a way that's productive. Um, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're invaluable to the process.
1: Oh, for sure. I think sometimes it just gets us also to get out of our own way and get out of our own yeah. heads when we're discussing exactly. that. So have any yeah. of your, the people that you worked with when you were a chemical engineer or teacher, did, have they offered, if you've kept in contact with them, have they offered suggestions for any of your stories as well? Hmm. Let me think.
2: Um, they've appeared in some of my stories with their permission. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. Um, as, as as general characters, never, only sure. one time did I actually base a character on somebody I knew that was, I mean, like a, a, a close replica. And she, it was by her request, actually. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, that was, she was my karate teacher. She was my, she was my personal trainer and karate teacher and very good friend. And one day we were working out and, um. She's an international martial arts champion, and um, she said, you know what? I want to be the heroine in one of your books, and I want to get the hot guy. And she already had her hot (laughs) guy all picked out. It was a fellow athlete. She showed me his picture. I'm like, okay. And I said, I think I can do this for you. I said, but I'll have to change your name and the way you look because you'll be having sex in this book, and frankly, I just can't visualize you in that particular (laughs) way. I was like, no, we are are not that kind of friends. (laughs) And she loved it. She read the book, and I actually had to tone that character down because my friend is so awesome and so accomplished. And if I had put all of the things in this character that she is, nobody would have believed it because she's just really awesome. But uh, so I toned her, toned her down to to the character a little bit. She loved it, and um, she's she's in the she's in the military now, and um, uh, she I, I did a book citing right after her book came out. I I did a book citing and she was like to everybody, you have to buy this book. This is my book. You have to buy this book. I'm in this book. <laughs> that is great. So she liked it. <laughs> but, yeah, that, they, they, they will often appear in my books. But it, just in terms of offering me information, I don't mm-hmm. know that I've ever gone back to a former colleague. for. I mean, I meet all kinds of people in this job. And sometimes sure. I meet because I'm looking for information, and sometimes I meet, um, you know, sometimes they correct me. They, You know, somebody who's written me saying, you did this wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, thank you. Can you be my consultant to the future? And they're like, oh, yay! Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I've kind of built up my my uh, my group of resources. One of my oldest friend, my oldest friend, and she I was in her wedding. She was in my wedding. Her okay. husband is an ER doctor and has been okay. wow well, since I guess since the um, late '80s. No, no, since the early '80s. And um, he will give me medical information. I'm Like, well, if I need. Mm-hmm this kind of a wound to do this kind of a thing, what, what should I do? Like I need somebody who gets wounded and they're out of commission for three days, but in three days I need them back to fighting. I need them back to at least be able to walk, you know, Right. or I need, I need a, a, a bullet wound that will bleed out in this amount of time. How do I do it? And so usually it's, it's a very, very specific kind of a question and he's always never, he, he never tells me he's too busy for me. So I love him too. But yeah, so not so much coworkers, but definitely friends. I Friends in the, kind of my outer my outer group, my, my group of friends that are not part of writing um, yeah. help out. And um, I have met a lot of very lovely people along the way.
1: So I guess at this point he's like, oh, she's calling. And she's not worried. He's not worried that you've called about inflicting a a wound with a machete um that's good
2: (laughs) well it was funny because i I wrote one book and um, i got people gonna think i'm a really horrible person i'm really not i'm a nice lady who knits but people in my head do terrible things um the uh the, the character needed to uh cut open someone's and take their heart out mm-hmm. and I know you just it's really hard to do I mean it's much harder to do yeah. than they show in the horror movies so I called my friend and I said how how is this done you know how do you how do you cut somebody you know heart out and he said well this is what you got to do because he had actually done some uh field work he'd had to do mm-hmm. a field amputation once um not like in a, as, on a, a military field but just out you know, not in a hospital at a, you know at the, at the scene of a, an accident and right. he said you, you, there's a, uh, you use a Sawzall. And, you know, mm-hmm. for people who aren't listening, a Sawzall is basically a it's a very small power saw, power mm-hmm. saw. That is, um, sometimes they're, uh, they have cords, sometimes they're cordless. Usually they're cordless. And mm-hmm. um, they, are, they can be used on anything from field operations. Sometimes firefighters will use them to get into um, uh, what we call hurricane windows, Miami-Dade windows. Um, okay. You know, the ones that don't don't just break with a rock. Um, so right. they're they're very useful. So he says, and this is how you do it. He said, if you really want to know, he says, go to Home Depot or Lowe's. He said, and go to the the the, the, the section with the saws, and he said, and ask someone. If you can, if you can handle one, he says, just don't tell them what you're doing
0: it for. I'm like, do I look stupid to you? Do
2: you think I'm dumb?
0: I'm not gonna tell people. And and so it went into the path. I'm like, as soon as I hopped with them,
2: I opened the door, and we were we, we were we had hired um, contractors to completely renovate our house at that point, and we were doing it in stages. It took a whole year, and I opened up the door, and there at my feet was a sawzall. I mean, an angel sang, and I was like to the, the contractor, may I? Have pick this up and handle it and see how heavy it is. And he looked at me. I mean, there were posters of my books, you know, on the wall. So they knew I was a, a murder writer. And he was
1: like, okay. I said, I just want to touch it. I just want to see how heavy it is. <laughs> right. You know, can, can I, you know, make it do what I want? You know, and yeah. Like, no, I mean, that's all that's that stuff is
0: important. story. there it was. I know. Yeah, I there know. it is. <laughs> and, I, you
2: know, I often tell people that, you know, um, if you are if you are an author and you want to under you know, I'm I'm not going to go out and kill somebody to understand the experience but there are certain things right um, a, a fire, firing a firearm is one of them you know and mm-hmm. and if you if you're curious there are ways just to go and, and try it once at a you know at a, at a gun range and it's very safe and you try it, and it it makes a difference especially if um you, like for me I'm really short and mm-hmm. I have short arms. And what I found, I found out why. So you see so many you, you see movies where the people are at the gun range and most of the time they have on, like, uh, ball caps with a bill. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because, um, you know, the bullet casing flies back once you, yeah. you fired a shot. And for most of the people, who you know, who are bigger and taller than me, um, they don't really need that protection, but it's for eye protection. So because if the casing flies back, it's less likely to hit you in the face. Yeah, um, and that's why you wear goggles, and that's why you wear you know ear protection and all that. But when I the first time I did it, because again because I'm short, and I had on a t-shirt that day that was a V-neck, but it wasn't like you know cleavage exposing. It was just a regular V-neck, and the the casing flew back and it went down my shirt, and it went down my oh. pants, down my pants, like oh. and into my boot, burning the whole way down because they're hot. Oh, yeah, they God. are. And the, the the teacher, he said, you know, in my 20 years of teaching, I've only seen that twice.
0: <laughs> I was really surprised he'd seen it once before me. I felt a little bit disappointed.
2: But you know, so if you've got a character who's shorter, you know, these kind of things, it, it, the, the the just the vibrations on your arm, things like mm-hmm. that, you know, it makes it does make a difference, and yeah, um, the sound. The sound makes a difference, and, and understanding so there are things that you can do
1: to, to help help the process along, right, like the buzz in your thumb hours later if you've been at the gun range for a while, mm-hmm. and um, I mean all, yeah, yep. all that kind of stuff yeah that, that yeah. Um, we think of and speaking of shooting, I mean killing somebody, you did so in the newest book, say no more, Sacramento series too. Oh. Yes, well, lots of lots of people. I mean, that happens
2: in all my books.
1: I know. So, so this just came out last month.
2: <laughs> so,
1: tell us about your latest release. Well, Say No
2: More is the second in my Cincinnati, uh, me, second in my Sacramento series, and the um, every book is standalone, but there's an over there's a, a a story arc that will follow all the books, and that is this cult called Eden. And okay. in the very first book you meet uh, you meet gideon uh, reynolds and excuse me excuse me um you meet Gideon uh, Reynolds and gideon is um um he is an escapee from this Eden cult, and you start to learn mm-hmm. how terrible it is it's in Northern California they are a very uh religiously fanatical cult mm-hmm. um you know much you know as as many of them are. And he's escaped, and he has, towards the end of the book, he he is able to be reconnected with his sister, who also escaped, but who has avoided him basically the entire 13 years that she's been free. And he doesn't know why he's hurt, but um, she has undergone terrible trauma in the cult, and she spent the last 13 years of her life trying to forget. Um, So she... uh, um, in in the, the beginning of "Say No More" and its Mercy's story, this is her story of try, it, stopping, ceasing to try to forget, and turning back, remembering, and um, and um, f- using using the anger that she feels to help take down mm-hmm. this cult and to take down the person who hurt her and the person who caused her pain. Wow. And and um, is that
1: hard, I mean, are those kind of subjects, do you have to get really deep? I mean, is it, I mean, I know you do in the sense of it's a deep topic. It's not written at all with, you know, um, flippantly by any means. But, I mean, do you have to balance your day or your writing time with something not as dark? Or how do you do that? Well, I'll
2: I'll save the darkest of the scenes sometimes to do in one day. I'm a sequential writer. So mm. what I'll do is I'll put. I mean, I'll know something has to happen in a scene, so I'll just make notes, and then I'll go on. Mm. If I'm not in a mind space to write that on a certain day, I'll I'll, I'll write them all in one day. But the um, I don't I don't kind of space it out. Once I'm in a book, I'm in a book, and that's okay. all I do for you know for until the book is done. That's the way I, ha- I That's the way I, I I'm able to hold on to my concentration. It's really hard for me to stay – to stay focused and to kind of pick up that thread of the book. And once I finally find it, I don't want to let it go.
1: Okay. Okay. And will you and have six that, is, books that in this a, series
2: no, as well, no, like you be, have with the others? No, sometimes there's six books. Sometimes there's five. Sometimes there's three. Um, I have one series. is only two. So it kind of just depends on where I am, you know, with, mm-hmm. with working on it. Um, this book is a trilogy. There may be, there may be other stories that come out of it, but um, okay. I've, Uh, You know, this book is a trilogy. So, say no more is book two, and say goodbye. Say you're sorry is book one. Say no more is book two, and say goodbye is book three, and it will come out next year.
1: Okay, okay. And then, do you have what do you have planned for after book three? Well, I take a nap to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I did actually.
2: I turned the book and I (laughs) take a nap for a week. A whole week. Um, I just started revision, so again, it's like okay. Yesterday was a bench day. We sat around, and watched videos, and I knitted and I read a book.
1: Um, nice.
2: But the uh, the I, I actually, I re-listened to an audio book that I'd listened to many times before, and I just knitted, so that was kind of my chill out time. The um, the but the next series I'm starting to put together, and I don't know enough about it yet to to, to speak of it, but okay. um, it's going to have a fun a fun setting. And a really a really interesting and colorful setting, and um, okay. so yeah, I'm, I'm just putting those those ideas together now.
1: Oh, cool. Oh, well, there you are. There's a tease. Colorful and fun. That sounds like a yes. wonderful. It'll be a, a wonderful time well spent. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I will. I
2: will have a. I will have
1: a. I will have a, a good time writing that series.
2: I'm sure. And writing the Sacramento series has been. Um, it has. It, it's been interesting in a lot of ways because when I probably up until, gosh, up until three four years ago, make like many Americans, I thought California was like L.A. You know, I'd mm. been to I'd been to San Francisco and I'd been to L.A. I'm like too many people, too many people, and um, you know I I grew up in the suburbs, but I'm I'm not a I'm really not a city person, and there was just a lot of people, and I just thought I, mean, I think most of us who have never really been to California think that's what it is. Like everybody thinks Florida is Orlando and there's so much more to Florida than that. So when I, my, my writing group is in Northern California. So I started coming out here and um, met a woman in Sacramento and Sacramento is one of the easier towns to cities to fly in and out of. If you're going to go to Northern California, there's really no easy way to get there. So you fly into Sacramento and drive for three hours or you fly to San Francisco and drive for three or four hours, you know, depending (laughs) on traffic. And so, uh, I would fly to Sacramento and I have a friend that I would I would sit with. And it was funny because when I wrote the first Sacramento book, she took me around town and was showing me stuff. We just, you know, her and her, one of her daughters in the family minivan. And one of the places I wanted to go was the FBI building in uh, oh, the yeah. suburb of Sacramento. And so they just built a new one. Because the first time I went, when I was scoping things out, they were in their old building. So they just built this new building. And so we went out and – Pulled into the parking lot and i just sat in the visitor's lot for a while and I kind of just got the lay of you know what what is it like here because it's yeah um, it's not in a really populated area it's not far it's not it's a, it's in a suburb so but it's kind of got a lot of land around it and when you look to the look to I guess would be the east you can see the foothills of the of the sierras and so um, you know I'm just kind of getting the lay of the land and then I realized we've been there for a while. And now my friend is probably on a watch list because he sat in the FBI parking lot for two long.
1: But uh, I was, when I was ask, dry, did anybody approach you guys and say, so no, you've been sitting so, here for but, 28 minutes. I know. We've got your <laughs> license
2: plate is now on file. But um, no, so I would do that, but I'd make the drive to Northern California and it was so much different. I mean I, I, I mean, I knew that there were these redwood forests, but I'd never driven through one. And I knew... From you know, from some of the books I'd read, that there were parts in Northern California that were isolated. But you just don't really have an idea of it until you drive through it, and you can drive mm-hmm. for an you can drive for hours and never see a person. There are places on the California coast and up in the up in the mountains that you don't get a cell phone signal. And I mean, I got a cell phone signal when I was in I went on a photo safari in in South Africa you know, a number of years ago. And I got a really good cell phone connection from you know, from the from from the Safari vehicle out in the bush. And there are places in Northern California you just can't make a phone call. And um yeah. that just blew my mind. And it was like, okay, so this is really not the place I thought it was and so being able to explore and not so much this year because of COVID, but, you know, in previous years, we've done a lot of, you know, driven around. My husband took me. There's a, there's a scene in St. No More that happens up, um, oh, it's near Mount Shasta. We okay. went up to Mount Shasta, and we explored, and we drove around. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could hide a cult here. I could hide a cult there, you know. And so it was, <laughs> uh, it was a really, it, it was just a, it was an eye-opening experience for someone who'd been kind of an East Coast girl. Her whole life, and I had yeah. only driven. I'd only flown to the West Coast, like Seattle. I'd been to Seattle, and like I said, L.A. and San Francisco. And That was really all I knew of the West Coast with the cities because I went there for business. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this was really eye opening, and it made writing a series in Northern California
1: a lot of fun. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've I've lived in Texas a lot of my life, and so we lived in St. Louis for a while, and it was funny because people would make comments about driving to Florida for for a vacation and I'd say wow it would take us seven of those eight hours just to get out of Texas because we're in San Antonio and they'd look at us like they had no idea what we were talking about Uh Um, and then the terrain changes so drastically if you just drive I-10 basically through the state you start Um, out in the desert in the mountains yeah and then it's just like then you'll get some of the hill country, and oh look, now it's the piney woods, and now it's. I mean, it's just like this whole swath of information, and of course, people always think there's cows everywhere and cowboys and cowboy hats and um, all exactly. sorts of stuff. So yeah, it's just it's <laughs> a
2: stereotypes we have. Oh, I remember yeah. that uh, um, when I, when I one of the times I flew to I was, I was flying to Europe for a book fair, and my publisher bought bought my tickets, but I would have to fly in and out of Miami, mm-hmm. and she goes well that's close to you, right? I'm like, well, it's actually at least for a four hour drive away. I don't mind doing it because it may not meant I could have a, connect, a direct flight and I didn't have to connect. I said, but Florida is a big state. It takes, I think it's yeah. like 15 hours to drive from the, 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 the top to the, to the very bottom. And that's mm-hmm. not even the keys. I'm just talking about Miami so yeah, um, yeah. So the, the 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 states are so big, and yeah, we we drive I-10 when we make that trip from Florida to California, you know, twice uh-huh. a year there and back. And that I-10 going through Texas, they're like, okay, so it was like two days in Texas. <laughs> it's like, this a was long one spot, trip.
0: Two days later, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know where we are. Yeah, we actually one year, a couple of years ago, I said, okay, family vacation, we're gonna take road trips because that's what we used to do all the time. Um, so we drove out and went up into New Mexico and Arizona, California, and back. And and you're and having driven for long periods of time, I'm thinking, yeah, we could make that trip from San, San Diego to San Antonio in two days. Um, and we did, but we were insane <laughs> you know, because it's a long drive both it really days. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but there's a lot of places it, to hide it, bodies. If people were wondering – I um, know oh, four true. books. Four books. Four books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always have to qualify that, Christine.
2: I'm a friend. Christine Pian is one of my friends. We did a, a library event last month um, when the book first came out, and we were we were laughing that we have to be really careful when we're out in public talking about you know murder and things like that because we forget that there are people around, and you start talking. And then one time this happened, time we went to one of the local restaurants here. We looked up, and the bar had gone com- – we were waiting in the bar for our table. bar had gone completely quiet, and every single person was looking at us. So we just kind of <laughs> smiled and waved, hi there. <laughs> yeah, so you, have to be, you have to be careful who's listening. Yeah, yeah. I, do have, I know uh, – If you have. If, if you have time, I can tell you a, a funny story about when I forgot. Oh, please! I was we've, got, we've got we've okay, got ten so... minutes. Do it. <laughs> all right. So my in my in my first my first of my Cincinnati books, there was a character who this is the the M O of the killer. He would shoot them in the head and he'd make sure they were dead, and he would go on. And so he needed to steal a car. He um, she's in an all night parking lot, of a grocery store, and he steals her van. He throws he had been driving uh, he had been driving a vehicle he throws her under that vehicle, and he okay. takes her van and he drives away, and I'm not really sure if it was just my 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 editor had a soft part soft spot for this particular character I was not allowed to kill her, and that came through oh. loud and clear in the margin she goes this is an example of gratuitous violence I do not want this character to die, and I was like can can't he just hit her in the head instead, and I was like but. But no, you know, because that's just like, this just doesn't make any sense. So I um, I, um, I spent two days. She was firm. She was firm on this because I, I emailed her. I'm like, uh, I, I mean, that is just not what he does. It would be an inconsistent behavior. She said, find a way because I don't want this person to die. And I think it was because she had been in the all-night grocery store buying dog food. She had like a lot of tooth. She, you find out she runs a pet shelter. And uh, okay. so she was buying. I think it was because of the dog food. I think if I'd had her buying, I don't know. You know, buying out the toilet paper aisle—they probably maybe she would have been a—it wouldn't have been a big deal. But um, so it took me two days. I finally had to go back to my ER doctor. He helped me find a way to, 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 to make this happen so that my, the character would live, but it would still fit within the story. And then because she had a pet shelter, and because I had need of a pet shelter in the next book, she's in. You know, I, I wrote her into the next book, and I had just sure. finished the proposal. And through that, my, my, we were actually laughing about it last night. Through that series, every single main character adopts a dog from this person. So by the end <laughs> of the series, there are like like eight or ten dogs, you know. And you have to my, my daughter. My daughter keeps track of all this stuff for me. She's one of my um, one of my editors, and she says, uh, you know, I have to have a spreadsheet just for the pets because especially yeah. in that series, because you know. But uh, so I forgot about it, and it was the day that the, the you know the the first book had come out, and well, it was. A couple of days later when the, New York, when the New York Times list was announced. And it, it, rather than sitting by the phone all day, the family and I went to Disney World because we were only, you know, we're only like two and a half hours away from Disney World.
0: Right.
2: And we were on, we had finished at the Magic Kingdom. We were on a shuttle getting ready to go over to downtown Disney, which is now called, I, I have no idea what it's called now, but it's where all the restaurants are. And we were going there right. to meet a friend. So we were on the shuttle, Disney shuttle with children. And my editor calls, and she goes, guess
0: what, guess what, you blog, um, uh,
2: it was um Closer Than You Think, Closer Than You Think, at number seven in the
0: New York Times, yay, we went,
2: yay. And she goes, and I just read the new proposal, she goes, I'm so glad that Dolores is alive and well, and, and I said, well, I said, that's just all on you, I said, I would have left her dead under that van, and I heard, and they were like everybody in the shuttle was looking at me, and my daughter
0: looked horrified.
2: She goes, "In a book, in a book. She didn't really kill somebody, leave him under a van.
0: It's for a book." Shoulder <laughs> yeah, like size, were as big as you know the the, the spinning saucers.
1: <laughs> well, I laughed because um, yeah, I was I was a nurse before I became a writer officially, but you know we're always writing um, in those early stages, and um, I remember. I was in uh, my initial uh, training for IV therapy, and uh, it was like our job. And there was like five of us. that had gotten hired out of this class, and I kept. They were like, "Okay, you can't shoot this in through the IV. It has to be injected. It has to be mixed. You, can, you can't, you know, in the raw form." And I was like, "Is that traceable?" And I, I remember I said, like, "Is that traceable?" And and the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the woman teaching the class, you could tell she was initially was like, No, no I mean, yeah, you know, and, and then after about a third or fourth time she just she was getting really uncomfortable and I just wasn't really thinking it through. Um and uh <laughs> one of one of the people in my class said, She's a writer and they, and then it was like, Oh, okay, you know, 'cause the <laughs> story of did we mess up hiring this person?
0: Now I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> well, that's why
0: I always have to say, you know, I'm just a nice mother who did. Yes. <laughs> I that's wouldn't actually it. do any of those things. No. Oh, no. I had to do, like, they do plenty enough bad stuff for, for, you know, for me for the rest of my life.
1: I know. It, but it's fun to put those in there and then, of course, to make up these crazy scenarios. I think that it just is that wonderful escape. Um, that mm-hmm. we all have, like especially if we get to kill people that were terrible to us at some point in our lives or were awful, you know. Um, it's you know it's I, I, I may I may it. or
2: may not have done that.
1: Yes, and yes. I'm, I'm, well, the fact that the the character that was getting their heart cut out that may or
2: may not have been you know somebody who was mean to me, although sure. you know, any resemblance to any living character person alive or dead is purely coincidental. But, That's yeah. right.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and we all take tips from Sue Grafton, who initially had planned to, you know, she was just going to write one book because she was so angry with her horrible divorce and killed off her ex-husband in her book. And she said, by gee, she was cured. <laughs> so. You know, it is extremely <laughs> cathartic, extremely
0: cathartic. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and there's a lot of stuff that has gone in my books so that's either happened to friends. Some of them have happened to people that, you know, a couple of things have happened to me, um, people I'm very close to. And it is. It's, it allows a, a feeling of control where there is none, but at least for yeah. that moment, the you as the author, and then hopefully as a reader, will read these books and see bad people getting what's coming to them, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, there is good in the world. There is. It, it makes you feel like there's uh, there's logic and justice when, in, man, in many times, there just simply isn't. You know, yeah. the killers don't get caught. People don't get punished. People get off on technicalities. They shouldn't get off on technicalities, and it's, uh, um, you know, and, and it, it is, that this is just a truth. But uh, and, you know, in the books that we write, we we can control the outcome, and, and that's a nice
1: feeling. It is.
2: I mean, because I mean, you're trying, you want to make but... it,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want you don't want it to be easy, like, you know, this easy process. I mean, because then people are like, oh, okay. Um, but you want it to be a struggle because it just makes that ending so much better. Like, yeah, they so fought it. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to make sure that they get that book hangover and they wanted it and they're glad for it. Um, yes. You want them to have that, yeah. So, has there, has there been anything that you... Um, have not written about yet? Like genre wise, are you skew wanting to do something totally different or you're, or, you know, what do you think? Well, for now, um,
2: I, I think even if I ventured into another genre, um, it would still have thriller overtones. Cause uh-huh. I did try to write a short, a short happy Christmas story like two years ago. And, it turned into murder and, you know, it's just, I, I really wasn't even trying, I was trying not to write murder, but you know, murder just happens. So it's like, okay, murder happens. i I was going to have to be okay with that. But whatever, whatever genre, I, I don't think I could write comedy. Um, okay. but there are, there are other, you know, there are other things that I've kind of, I've kind of looked at and, but they would all have, they would all have some kind of suspense or thriller or overtones to them because I just, I just can't help myself yeah I mean, like it was said mur- 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 murder happens
1: it does it does, but justice happens too and that's that's a yes, big part exactly. of it yeah well that it
2: allows me to also you know it it allows me to tell stories of um characters who who have faced a really I mean very steep and seemingly insurmountable odds to get their lives back to um, to get their power
1: personal power and how much time do we have Uh, about a minute about a minute okay so real quickly I was
2: asked very early on in my career if I felt like I was doing a disservice to victims by portraying so many victims in my book and what I have found over the years is that people who have been through similar experiences find that that is their voice that they find that, yeah. that 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 my stories have given them a voice, and stories like like mine give them a voice. And I, I get emails to that effect even to this day. You know, I read your story, and I couldn't tell my husband about my previous relationship with a, a domestic abuser, so I gave him your book, and now he knows, and things like that. That just it's a very special relationship with readers, and you know, mm-hmm. I, it's it allows me to. It allows me to put some order and chaos to, to to the world in my head, but it also allows readers to have a voice and to, to, to find justice
1: on the page even if they didn't find it in real life. Absolutely. And I so appreciate that you do that. That's a wonderful gift. It, it, it's a
2: gift for me, you know, when I get these yeah. emails and, and you be able to touch a reader's life in such a profound, uh, such a profound way. And it truly is a gift. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here today. I was talking to Karen Rose. If you want to find her, her books, her website, she's at karenrosebooks.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And her book right now, Say No More is out. So, everybody, pick it up and keep on reading.
0: This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions.